Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Non-Sequitur Nerds. Tonight, we're going to need you to fuel up your DeLorean and don't cross those streams, because we're going back to the 80s tonight. Uh, joining me, as always, my buddy Ian. How's it going, bud? Hey, we're doing pretty good tonight. Uh, been a busy week, but, you know, we're I think we're starting to finally get over the hump and uh, kind of wind down. Um, went back to Kendo for the first time uh, oh. this la- uh, last week. Right uh, on. So, I am officially uh, back to getting my ass handed to me with a stick. Uh, so <laughs> Literally, you know, not just uh, figuratively. Yes, yes. For those of you who don't know what Kendo is, uh, look it up. Uh, really cool. Um, anyway, so, yeah, uh, trying to navigate that uh, that in my life again. Uh, but, um, yeah, so far going good. So, yes, it's uh, 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, you know, celebrate the 80s. <laughs> the, the old MTV, you know, like. Lifestyles in the 80s or something oh, yep. like that. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, something, yep. You know, it was like celebrating the 80s. I mean, there was Robin Leach's Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous or something like that. Robin Leach! Right. Robin Leach! Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, uh, we are going to talk about the 80s tonight. Uh, we'll go ahead and get through uh, some of the formalities first, though. Uh, thank you for joining us. Again, you can find us on uh, your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, Google, Apple, uh, Anchor.fm, Spotify, and several others. Yep. Uh, also check us out on our website at nonsequiturnerds.com, Twitter at nonsequiturnerd, and YouTube. Oh, as, uh, also as well as Facebook. Yeah, page. we have a Facebook page now. So yes, we have a Facebook tra- page, which I'm pretty sure receives more traffic than the website, which <laughs> yeah, is probably does. understandable. It does. It does. <laughs> yep. Uh, so finally, uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by nothing because we don't get sponsored for doing this. It's just a lot of fun. Woo! Yep. But if you want to sponsor us, I won't say no to some scratch. I mean, you know, we're we're, we're easy that way. Yeah, exactly. especially, especially Ian. <laughs> easy yeah. in most ways. Hey <laughs> oh. But now that. Both of our hands cut off if you're watching this on YouTube. But rest assured, there was a virtual high five there. But but no so yeah we're talking eighties I mean the, we're we're both kids of the eighties um, I mean we grew up in that time period and I think like even people that aren't kids of the eighties these days the eighties are such a kind of high point I feel for nerd culture I mean we had you know so many great properties come out of it so many great movies I mean you, you had like Back to the Future you had Ghostbusters Aliens Raiders of the Lost Ark and, uh, uh, Empire came out uh, well that was. 89? Early, uh, no. I can actually look it up. It was like like 81 or 83. Uh, I can actually look that up real quick. Uh, 1980, so it was right at the beginning of the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, you know, then, you know, we had had so much stuff come out of the 80s. I mean, that's just the movies. We had iconic cartoons like He-Man and Masters of the Universe. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Thundercats. I mean, Thundercats. A lot of this is stuff that, like, we've kind of touched on before, but, I mean, the, the, that just kind of goes to show just how important the 80s are to, I mean, not just, you know, nerds of our age group, but just in general. Because, I mean, you'll see so much of that stuff is referenced in modern media, and people still understand the reference. I mean, even if they're not super familiar with the source, you know, to quote Captain America, I, I got that referenced, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, there was also, you know, some of the things from the 80s, like the fashion, you know, the, the weird <laughs> jumpsuit, the jumpsuits, the uh, arm, the armlets and uh, and uh, leg, uh, ankle bangles, uh, you know, suits with giant shoulder pads that Dude. made you look like a, uh, made you look like a Decepticon. The shoulder um, pad suits, like, I, I'm glad I wasn't old enough in the 80s to 
has worn that. But part of me wishes I kind of had one just just for the sake of having one. Right. Well, you know, again, being being a child, well, my my parents subjected me to enough humiliation when I was a kid. So <laughs> yeah, they for did. those of you watching, uh, for those of you watching YouTube or know me, uh, yes, I shave my head now, but I am I'm a ginger. I have red hair. Yeah. Uh, back when I was a little kid, I had bright orange hair, uh, and my parents decided not to cut it until I was like three. So oh my gosh. I have long, flowing, gold, uh, red locks. Oh my god! Um, you got to send me a picture of that. I'm sure my mother would be more than happy to. I'm gonna have to get a hold uh, but, of her now. But uh, no, nah, I mean I'll find a picture of it. I mean it's probably actually out there on Facebook. Um, yeah, no, but they they uh, they refused to cut it, and so apparently, uh, according to them, they would frequently get approached and say, "Oh, what a beautiful little girl you have." <laughs> I mean, to be um, fair, we still, you know you still get that. Right, I am the prettiest princess. You are. You are the prettiest princess. Yes, You're exactly. the official princess of this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 80s, uh, 80s fashion is certainly something all of its own, and it's, we could probably go into it's something into into 80s fashion quite a lot, but we're not going to. We're, you know, this is non-sequitur nerds, not non-sequitur fashionistas. I mean, is that a spinoff show, or... I don't know. Part of the non secular network. What your wife wants to do. <laughs> do. Okay, she could do an entire podcast, multi-episode, just about 80s fashion. I don't, wouldn't put it past her. There you go. Maybe you should have her record a special, and then we can reference it. <laughs> there um, we go. We'll put it out, we'll put it out there. It's the, it's, uh, the, the special 80s fashion <laughs> podcast. Anyway, uh, moving on. So, yeah, 80s is um, – I think it was the turning point in nerd culture, realistically. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there was nerd nerddom was always kind of, I don't know, in the shadows. I think yeah. in previous generations, I mean, we started to see. I, I shouldn't say it's a turning point. We started to see at the turning point. I think in the seven, in the late seventies, um, but it really kind of became mainstream. I think in the eighties. Yeah. Um, and like you said, we had all those really iconic things, but it, it was also Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, um, you know, which in today's standards. They should all be in jail. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, the same thing with like if you ever watched Porky's or um, any of those. Those. Movies. Well, they they should also be on lists for some of the stuff they did in Porky's. Let's call it how it is. Uh, true. Well, they <laughs> yeah. I mean, terrorist lists. Uh, yeah. Among others. <laughs> also true. Uh, so yeah, the '80s. Um, you know, when I when I think of the '80s, I think for me, I think. I generally think of the toys more than anything. Right. Well, I mean, like the TV shows and movies were awesome, but I just for some reason I just always remember the toys. Well, I mean, for for us, I mean, being literal kids of the '80s, the toys are what we had at our younger age anyway. Was what our most of our exposure to these things were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at like some of the the major toys, I'll I'll, I'll about guarantee you. Uh, I don't know the answer to this, but did you have a Teddy Ruxpin? I I did actually. I did have a Teddy Ruxpin. Yep, I did too. That yep. thing was Satan in a fur coat. Dude, but but I mean, every kid like that was the toy that every kid had to have. Yeah, you know, and no, it, it was a great babysitter. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was it was a great it was a great toy. Um, you know, every kid it was basically it was the '80s version of a Furby. Yeah, I'll give I'll definitely give it that. It was the '80s Furby. Yeah. 
Um, just as annoying and much harder to break because things actually were made with quality back then. Well, I mean, like, you still see, like, toys from that era that are still, like, fully functional. I mean, the fact that it had a tape deck in it that still works, that says, I mean, if you've got one that still works anyway, kind of just shows the craftsmanship that went into it. Right, unless your kids shove the the tape deck full of chewing gum. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I remember a couple years ago they tried rebooting Teddy Ruxpin. And it, did, it didn't use uh, cassette tapes, which any of our listeners, if you're of the younger generation and don't know what cassette tapes are, it's what predated CDs. And if you're too young for that, well, you probably shouldn't be listening to the show. <laughs> well, we say that, but it's 2021. Like, kids born in the year 2000 can drink. Other. Yeah. Why do you always make me feel old on this show? I mean. Well, on that terrible disappointment, <laughs> well, goodbye, folks. We're, we're depressed now. Goodbye. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're adults. We're kind of in a perpetual state of depressed. Let's call it how it is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Each day is just figuring out how to manage it better. Uh, or I, for that day, at least. Yeah, I, I think uh, kind of off topic, but, you know, that's our thing. I, I think you had sent me a meme where it's. From two different animes, and one of them is waking up as a kid. Ah, it's another great day. Adventures with my friends. Life is great. And then the second picture was waking up as an adult. How am I going to get through today? Yep, pretty much. I mean, that's that's accurate. But the 80s were a happier time, especially for us. I mean, we were young. We didn't have to worry about, you know, all this lifetime stuff. So let's let's get back to that. Let's get back to the 80s. Literally, I want to go back. Right. Um yeah, no, Teddy Ruxpin was one of them, and I'm looking at a list of toys because I'm just – I can't remember everything from back then. I mean, well, we talked about some of the mainstream ones like yeah. Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. uh, Master of the Universe, um, G.I. Joe. Yep. And it, it, let's admit here, like, even Transformers, like, all of it was just Hasbro trying to sell oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, Well, I mean, well, heck, I mean, going off of that, like, I, I've seen lately – and, I mean, some of our viewers could pro- have probably seen this as well – a resurgence of – a lot of those classic toys from the 80s getting, you know, remolded and resold. I have literally sitting 10 feet from me. Uh, they did a re-release of the, the main uh, real Ghostbusters toys. Like, they had the four main Ghostbusters, Stay Puft, Slimer, and, like, a few of the main ghosts. That Like, they redid the packaging. They redid the figure. I mean, they're using more modern production techniques. But, I mean, apart from, like, the copyright dates on it, it's almost exactly how I remember it being as a kid. I mean, the figures look damn near identical. Like, I held them up to some of my original figures, and it's – if you're not looking for it, you could easily mistake them. But, I mean, like, Transformers have done that. Uh, He-Man yeah. has done that recently. So, I mean, you're, you're seeing a resurgence. I, I kind of wonder, like, with the Ghostbusters thing in particular, like, how much of that isn't a marketing ploy to re to get people interested in the new movie coming out? Right. Well, I mean, even – like, it uh, – a week ago. Like, I knew they'd release the action figures. I, I haven't really kept up on the toys more than that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the uh, the new movie's toys coming out, specifically. But that's closer to the end of the year. Anyway, though, uh, the kids wanted to... Uh, we, we had to do some grocery shopping, and they're like, well, we've got some allowance. Can we can we look? Like, okay. We're going through the toy aisle. We're looking. And I see the Ghostbusters action figures. But then they've also started to release some of the the other toys, like the, the well, role-play accessories, as they called them. Like, some of the uh, the gear and whatnot. And, like, there was one that, uh, I don't even remember the name of it, but I remember, uh, effectively, it was, like, a proton gun. But it shot those, like, giant bullet nerf darts. You know the ones I'm talking about? Like the ones that oh, like, yeah, like yeah. the bazooka darts? Yeah. And I, I had that gun as a kid, 
but we got it at a garage sale. I never had the bullets or anything for it. But I was sitting there looking at it going, man. And, like, I just got I got hit with such nostalgia. I, I didn't pick it up because I'm like, you know, I'm trying to reorganize things in, in my game room right now. I'm like, I don't want to get one more thing that I have to find space for until everything's reorganized and I know how much space I have. But just I sat there staring at it. And I told the kids, I'm like, you know, you know, Daddy had the same toy when he was a kid. And my daughter's like, oh, that's awesome. And my son, of course, is like, hey, Dad, look, Roblox toys. Like, well, I can see, you know, where priorities lie. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's – I, I do think that part of it is probably a marketing ploy to get people, you know, reinterested in the franchise. But a lot of it is they have to know that the majority of people that are interested in it are people that grew up watching those original films, playing with those toys, watching the cartoon. I mean, not just for Ghostbusters, but like the, I had mentioned Transformers and He-Man. They know where their audience is. People that are fans of, fans of those things are going to buy those things just purely on nostalgia. No? Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, well, I mean, there's some toys from the 80s that, like, never really went out of style. Like, mm-hmm. Cabbage Patch Kids have been around oh, yeah, forever. They're, they're still making like, those They've things. been through multiple generations. Uh, the Big Wheel, I mean... See, I didn't, I didn't even think about the Big Wheel, yeah. Well, I mean, the Big Wheel and then that, like, kitty car, like, the little red and yellow kitty car that, like, you see people... Uh, like, the uh, Fisher-Price uh, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Fisher-Price car. Like, everybody had one of those. It's shit, I think I still have one out in my garage. <laughs> I mean, probably. Uh, I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that I had a family member buy one for my kid. And it, oh, wow. It's just been sitting out there now. <laughs> um, you know, there's other things like... Uh, well, I mean, my pa- little pa- pony. Power Wheels. Was that an 80s toy or was that earlier? Um, I think it is, I mean, they've, I think, spanned decades at this point. Yeah. Like, die-cast, die-cast figurines is is always something. You know, one of the things this website's showing me right now is micro-machines. Right. Well, no, no, Power Wheels, the uh, the ones, like, the miniature scale cars had the big rechargeable battery that you could actually drive around. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, sorry, that, yeah. Uh, wrong thing. Uh, I think that might, like, an RC car. I think those might have been more 90s. What's the, I, I, I have to look this up now. Well, while Tim's doing that, you know, uh, again, you know, there's things like micro machines out there, which um, if you they featured probably most famously in um, 1984. Okay, well, there you go. You got me. Uh, Micro machines featured most famously, likely for those of you watching this podcast in Home Alone, as uh, Macaulay Culkin's character puts them on the floor and then the bad guys flip on them. I had so many micro machines. Like I had like, and your mother hated you. Well, and you remember those? Because like I had that that giant tote that I would just build an entire city and then just leave it in the middle of the floor in my room. (laughs) Everybody step around things. I mean, admittedly, that was basically your room. Was I mean, you know, it was it was an exercise of how we could figure out to how to parkour to a free chair. And that's why we're as dexterous as we are now. I, I, you're welcome. Except for Kevin. I mean, he just Godzilla'd his way through it. <laughs> well, pretty much, and broke your futon. Yes, he, yes, he did. Fun story, true story. <laughs> he broke it by sitting on it. Uh, but yeah. man, yeah, micro machines. Like I still have those, and I keep saying, like, like they're in the garage right now, and I keep saying every time I look at them, like, I, you know, I need to give these to my son. I need to give these to my son after he cleans his room, after he reorganizes. And every time he does, I forget they're out in the garage. Every time. Yeah, like I, I definitely had toys from back when I was growing up that I still have that I've I've gifted over to my kids, like yep. my old Star Wars toys they yep. love to play with and things like that. Um, you know, you can't really say Legos because like Legos have been around for years at this point. Yeah, way well predate the There were 
Yeah, I mean, there were some sets, that, like, from the 80s that yeah. you know, I can't remember any right now, but there were definitely some, you know, iconic sets from the 80s, um, which, again, I think they're starting to bring them back as, like, Lego creator models or something I, like I, that. I think like, so, I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're starting to rerun some of those, which, again, non sequitur here. Um, there's apparently a, a Lego Ideas, uh, which is basically, like, people submit you know, ideas or actual, like, designs for Lego sets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have uh, – I've been seeing um, Hyrule Castle from Legend really? of Zelda well, is, is, actually in, is actually in the running to be cr- turned into an actual Lego set. I, I which can see that. shows promise because Nintendo already has a deal with Lego. Uh, yep, I was just going to say that. Mario sets, mm-hmm. which your son has some, yep. right? Uh, he, he has quite a few of them. He actually has a couple he hasn't put together yet. Just because he's like, I, I don't know where to put all these at this point. Like, we had to actually reorganize uh, one of his storage shelves just to put all of his Mario Lego stuff in the bottom. And, like, the Mario Legos are, like, are one of those sets where, while you can combine different sets and things like that, it's one of those things where it's better if you build it as the instructions state. So... Which, I mean, Mario, that brings up another thing of the 80s. I mean, we had the original Nintendo in the 80s. So, I mean, you had those classic, you had Mario, you had, this, you know, Zelda, Duck Hunt. I mean, I know we, we touched on it recently in our Nintendo episode, but that was another thing that was just super iconic of the 80s was Nintendo. And, and even, beyond, oh. even beyond that, games like Pac-Man, arcades were still a huge thing. Like, that's well, what, yeah, but I mean, arcades were one of the things like, I wish would come you know, back. You look at like when the Famicom and the, and the Nintendo Entertainment System first came out. It was probably in '83, '84, right around there. Yeah, um, early '80s type area. But I mean, there were I mean there were arcades. Obviously, you know before that, you know that, oh, yeah. they weren't the first video games. But that was going to be one of the things I touched on. I mean, you've got Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Tetris, Frogger, Galaga, Centipede, Cubert, Dig Dug, Defender, oh, Pole Position. Um, which I think is a club downtown now. So. Um. I don't think it has anything to do with video games, Ian. Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> Contra, Burger Time, Pitfall. Oh, Burger uh, Time. Man, I haven't thought of that one in the day. Zaxxon, uh, Missile Command. Oh, man. Space Invaders. Well, yep. uh, Space Invaders, kind of not really. That came out in 78. I was going to say, that was, that was um, a little before the 80s. Uh, okay, uh, here's, here's probably an obscure one that people may not get. Okay. Dragon's Lair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, animation by Don Bluth, right? Uh, yes. This, yep. however, might have been the original. No, no, this is the, uh, the yeah, the Don Bluth um, Dragon's Lair. Because there actually wasn't a, a ver- another version of Dragon's Lair, I think, before that. Really? Um, that was more of like a, a standard side scroller. But yeah, Dragon's Lair, which was like one of the first choose-your-own-adventure games. And it was good. It was really good. it was good. hard. Yeah. Like, oh my, the, arcades that, had to have been raking in the money out of that one. Like, if you, if you, think, so Dark, if you think like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or any of those kind of games are brutal today, go back and play Dragon's Lair. Uh, if you want a brutal game from back back in the day... Played the original Ninja Gaiden. Oh my god! I don't think I ever beat the first level. That was yeah. That was a that was a freaking gauntlet game right there. Well, I mean, or gauntlet. Or, gauntlet was that an eighties game too? I think it was actually <laughs> um, the original gauntlet anyway, because uh, it was an on, it was on an arcade machine. Yep. Um, actually, if you want to if you want to truly like nightmare fuel inducing game that just like makes you want to rage, do the uh, underwater level from the Ninja Turtles game. 
We talk about the Ninja Turtles game that you can't actually beat because of a programming error. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that one. Oh man, yeah. That well, see, that, that was, and you know, that kind of goes to show, you know, how technology has changed from the '80s to today. In the '80s, if your game was broken, you couldn't just release a patch for it. You had to re-release the entire game. You didn't have the internet to tell people about it. You had to hope that, you know, if you put out something in a magazine or a newspaper or at a retailer, that people actually would know about it. Nintendo Power. Exactly. But if you didn't have those resources, you just put the game out and hope people somehow hear about it. Today, it's like, oh, hey, they said on their Twitter, their Facebook, their LinkedIn, their Instagram, their, you know, whatever, their grinder page – um, I'm I'm sure I'm sure that there's some marketing company that uses Grinder as a marketing tool instead of a dating app. But yeah, I think they're called. It's a trap. <laughs> it's it's a you star it's a Star Wars fan page. <laughs> yes, if you don't get that, if if you don't get that, go check it out. Uh, but anyway, I mean, you've got all these utilities now to let people know, hey, we're we're releasing this patch, you know. Back then, you didn't have that. So, like the Turtles game, you couldn't beat it because of a game bug. You just you had a broken game. Yeah, well, I mean, if you actually look at like the original Pac-Man as mm-hmm. well, it if I remember correctly, it actually doesn't have an end. Um, it well, just runs out of it, the. If you play it long, if you can continuously play it long enough without like dying and having to restart, yep. the machine just runs out of memory. I, I think it's when you hit. Uh, level two fifty six, I think. It's, it's, it's which would which would make sense because that is a a standard computer like you know uh, memory size. Yeah, is, is two fifty six. So I, I think it is that level. I mean, they, they actually a couple years ago put out a game called Pac Man two fifty six, where uh, I don't even remember, it, but it was kind of an homage to the fact that if you hit that level originally. The game would just start doing really weird stuff. Yeah, and if you also like look at you know some of the other stuff in like arcades, you know you had like the the racing games with like the immersive, not necessarily immersive, but it, you know it had a steering wheel. Yeah, which was so cool. Well, uh, heck, and... heck, t- today's an example. Um, I had to run some errands, and the kids needed to use the restroom, so we stopped at uh, one of the bigger gas stations up here. And next to the bathroom, they had. Do you remember Cruising USA? Of course I remember Cruising USA. Do you have any idea how many hundreds of hours Danny and I wasted in that game? They had – it's a newer one. I hadn't seen it before called Cruising Burst or something like that. And I'm like, okay. And, like, you could tell it was newer because it had actually pretty good graphics on it. But the kids were like, well, hey, can we play that? And I'm like, oh, the old Cruising games. Yeah, go ahead. So I gave me each a dollar let them play around on it. But – uh I was I was tempted to play around on it too, but I'm like, no, no, I have air. I have to be the adult. But uh, yeah, I mean, like arcades. You know, if we're, if we're talking about arcade machines, arcades were a big thing in the '80s. That's you know, if you lived in a bigger city or were lucky enough to have one at all near you, that's where you went and hang, hung out. That's where the teenagers hung out. That's where the you know the adults that lived in their parents' basements hung out. Um, I mean, that, that's just, I, I'm generalized. That's where people hung out was at the arcades. They had, a, you, know, you know, some allowance or whatever extra money saved up. They'd get their quarters, get their tokens, whatever it ran off of, and they'd just spend an afternoon there. And you don't, and you don't have really, that anymore. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, well, I mean, you have internet cafes. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's not the same, though, because you're, you're going, like an internet cafe, 
You go there to be social with people that aren't in the same room with you. At Arcade, you went there for the experience of playing games with people around you. You know, like, I I remember when I was younger, my dad was in a bowling league, and the bowling alley, like most bowling alleys, had an arcade with it. And my dad would give me, like, ten bucks every game, or every, uh, frame is a single thing. What do they call a full ten rounds in bowling? I don't sport. Round? Around, whatever. He would give me ten. Fra- I think it is round. He would give me ten dollars every round and go. All right, this has to last you all ten frames. And I'd go and like I remember like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter were two of their more popular ones. And you'd have the classic, you know, like somebody would come up, put fifty cents in the machine, and say, "All right, I've got winner." And whoever won would keep playing. You know, they had to keep paying for it. But then you'd right. have a line of kids behind, you know, behind them going, "All right, well, I'll take winner. I'll take winner. I'll take winner." And uh, yeah. It was it was a cool like I I made a lot of friends that I mean we didn't have Facebook or anything back then so it was mainly like oh hey there you know there's Robert that I know from the arcade there's you know uh, what was that girl's name Sue Sue there's Sue that like I played Street Fighter with her a lot she she was really good at it um, but I mean you don't have that anymore I mean there's still places like Dave and Buster's um, yeah. you know the occasional Chuck E Cheese if you can find them that have those things but. That whole kind of experience is, for the most part, gone. Culture? Yeah, it's, it's gone. It's a, it's, it's a culture, I think. Yeah. It, it is. Um, I think there may be – I want to say there is there is actually a bit of a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, here where I live, there's actually two uh, – we call them beer caves. <laughs> it is, it is, they're, they're bars or pubs yeah. or, you know, places that – like you go in and you don't like they just have arcade machines everywhere. You don't pay for any of the arcade machines. Like you don't have to pay for anything. You know they're getting their revenue from you buying drinks and food oh, and stuff. Oh, that's awesome! Whatnot. Yeah, but uh, we actually went one on my bir- went to one on my birthday last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it's really fun because like again you just have like all of these old arcades and whatnot. Just you know all these old arcade machines. And you just like literally walk around and you know you you grab an arcade machine and you just play like my brother and i played um the uh, ninja turtles arcade game oh, except, man. One, except the control stick that he was using was broken so like <laughs> he he would walk two feet and then step back a foot so <laughs> it kept messing with him i, I remember but, uh when i was in college uh, our buddy kevin and i the campus hangout had a few arcade machines pool tables things like that in it but they had um the avengers arcade machine well captain america and the avengers and Cap, like the the arcade machine was set up so that player one was always well. If you picked the player one spot, you were always Captain America. Player two was always Hawkeye. Three was Iron Man. I don't even remember the lay, uh, the specific layout, but the Captain America spot was broken. He could move, but the attack bu- attack buttons wouldn't do anything. So you could just move around and jump everywhere, but you couldn't actually do anything. So you would always see three people crowded around that, and the one guy who had never played there before would go, oh, I'll, I'll play it. This is some bull crap. That's <laughs> <laughs> so like Kevin and I would make yeah. it, make it a, a game to get people to play as Captain America. <laughs> nice. I mean, it was it, they had it set to free, so you didn't lose anything. But Right, other than just your time. Your um, time and your pride. What You know, it, one of the things that in more modern culture that I think is really, really cool and whatnot is they – they did kind of pay homage to um, the arcade in uh, uh, Disney's Wreck-It Ralph. 
Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they it's did. It's in an arcade. Like, they actually even reference all of these old arcade games and, you know, the Hubert and Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Um, is an know, old Tappers. arcade character. Tappers. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, sorry. It was Fix-It Felix Jr. was the, the actual arcade Yeah, game, but, but Wreck-It Ralph was an old arcade game character. That was the whole point yeah. of the story. Yeah, so, the, you know, I felt they did a really good job of paying, you know, kind of, obviously they went off the rails a little bit, but, you know, it's all set in an arcade, and it's supposed to be fun, and yeah, and it gives you a little bit of a glimpse, and one of the things you were talking about a minute ago, you know, like, uh, I've got winter and whatnot, or, you see, you know, there there's times where you see, like, these kids that, you know, they walk up and put quarters on a machine. Yep. Like, oh, I got next play or something like that. Yep, yep. You know, I got winter. Uh, you know, that's very much a callback to that 80s, you know, 80s, early 90s arcade culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like, uh, during the wintertime, I think, uh, I could go to Costco and they'd be selling, like, an arcade machine. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, you, sell, like, you see those things at Walmart. I mean, GameStop yeah. carries them. I mean, you can order them off of Amazon. Like, I've debated on picking up – there was one I saw that had – I know it had Street Fighter on it, but then it had a couple other games similar to that, and I'm like, man, I could see myself buying that. It was like 200 bucks, but then I'm like, where am I going to put it? Because while they're not full, you know, full scale arcade cabinets, they're not a small thing you can put on your desk. They're a, right. you know, well, they're, I think they're they're considered a sit down arcade machine because they're lower. But you can get a riser that takes them up to standard, you know, height. But they're still they're not a small thing. But it's cool that you're seeing that again. And apparently they sell they sell well enough that they keep coming out with new ones. Yeah, yeah. No, I would um, I would agree. So, you know, we we kind of talked about video games. We talked about toys, and we really only kind of scratched the surface of toys. Like there's yeah. a bunch of toys. But you know, I'm, I'm thinking also of like TV shows from the '80s. Like we had talked a little bit about this, but I'd forgotten about it. Dragon Ball. I was gonna say, yeah, in uh, 89. 80, well, it was when Z, Z came out. Uh, the first episode of Z was in 89. Right, but the original Dragon Ball was, like, smack in the middle of the 80s. Yep. Um, you know, there's other shows like Cheers and MacGyver. I mean, you you remember MacGyver. My, my grandmother Dude, yes. loved watching MacGyver. Um, Man, that, Knight Rider. That's a show I haven't – That uh, uh, MacGyver, I haven't thought of that in a long time. Yep. Um, you know, Married with Children was on. It started in '87. See, I thought that uh, was a '90s show. No, Married with Children aired from it aired for ten years, from 1987 to 1997. See, I remember like that. That very much was not a kids' show, but I remember watching that as a kid. I mean, I think I, think I a remember lot of it, it being on late at night after like the news was on. <laughs> right. You would have that. You would have the love and marriage. Oh yeah. Then marriage. You know, come on and whatnot. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at these other shows. The A Team, that was an oh, A show. Oh man, yeah, A Team. You fool! <laughs> Look at that fool! You fool! I mean, that uh, was like, did Mr. T do anything noteworthy before A Team, or was that kind of his big thing? I think he was a wrestler. Like, I well, I, 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 I know, I know he wrestled, like, but I don't know if that was before or after A Team. Yeah, that I don't. That I'm not sure. Um, well, here's one for you. Okay. I, really? What? The first episode of Seinfeld was in 1989. Are you serious? That does. Wow. Right. That. 
I mean, it ran for a while, though. Seinfeld, let's take a look. Nope, 1989 to 1998. Wow. Huh. All right. Well, oh. today, I was today years old when I learned that Seinfeld is technically an 80s show. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I was kind of looking it up. You talked about, you know, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z there. We had a lot of other, like, really big anime come out in the 80s. Um, like, one of my personal favorites, just because it was the first anime that I ever watched, Haruki Atsura was a series of the 80s. The original Vampire Hunter D was the 80s. Wicked City, which is not a kid-appropriate anime, was I mean, also the 80s. Neither is, you know, Vampire Hunter D. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of the stuff in the 80s uh, wasn't kid-appropriate. Um, right. Uh, I'll, I'll what, give it... What was that one, like, uh, um, Metal City, was it? I think that Metal, Metal City is another one of those. Um, Detroit... Uh, not ringing a bell. Met- Metropolis? No, no, no. I well, say, I mean... I think that that was later, but... Well, I mean, I'll give an honorable mention. It's technically a 90s anime, but Akira. Oh. Because it was very 80s-inspired, and it came out right after the 80s, but it was technically a 90s anime, but it, it gets an honorable... It gets a participation trophy. <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, oh. Here's here's one for you. Oh. Uh, I'll guarantee that you, you or a family member watched it. Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, heck. Uh, With Robert Stack scaring the piss out of you. Dude, like... Yeah, like I know the whole point was to let people know, I mean it was an entertainment show, but it was, you know, if you have any information, uh, call this number, but that guy, he was scary, like it was his yeah. stare, his stare. Yeah, the, he was like the epitome of straight man. Yeah, I mean, there there is no alternate reality where he is not the good cop. Yeah, like even I mean, when he was in the comedy movie Airplane. Oh man, I forgot that he, he was, was He was still the straight character, which... I, I saw a special feature on, on the making of Airplane, and apparently, like, he hated doing that movie because oh, he thought – he hated doing that movie because he thought – like, he just didn't understand the humor. Because he was a serious – I mean, he was a serious actor, so he's just like, this is stupid. Um, which also, funny uh, – fun trivia for you, uh, Airplane was Leslie Nielsen's first comedic role. He did stuff other than comedy? Yeah. He was actually a very serious movie and TV actor, like drama – Really? TV drama actor before that. And Airplane oh. was his first uh, comedy role. And then which basically launched his his career into comedy. See, I, like, I only know Leslie Nielsen from his comedies. That's, I, I learned a thing today. <laughs> you were today years old. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like, I, I'm looking through more 80s anime. Um I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam as being a thing of the 80s. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I may, might not have been, because the same list as his best 80s anime also has Akira on it, which, according to my other sources, was in 1990. So it was of that era. You kind of split hairs when it, like, the turn of the decade. You know, well, people I mean, are kind of weird about that. Yeah, I mean, because 1990, it's the 90s. But, like... Those first couple years of, of every, you know, decade transition are always, well, transitioning to new things. Like, I mean, the early 80s kind of had that bleed over from the 70s as well. And same thing, yeah. the early 90s were very much 80s inspired. Because, I mean, literally, it's what we had to go off of. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, then, there you know, you have some of the cartoons from back then, the Smurfs, which was oh, 1981. Man. Yeah. Um, Inspector Gadget with... You know, Don Adams and Frank Welker and 
So uh, you want to talk about a dude who's been around forever is Frank Welker. Yeah, well, I mean, that guy, I mean, he has done a lot, a lot. I mean, that, oh, yeah. he's had steady work for a long time now. He he has been the voice of Fred Jones in literally every incarnation of Scooby-Doo and also did the vocals for Scooby-Doo. Really? Uh, See, I... Oh no, I'm, I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of Casey Kasem doing Shaggy for the longest time. Yeah, no, Casey Kasem did did Shaggy for the longest time, and then I think he wanted with throat cancer and couldn't couldn't do it anymore. Which is a shame because um, I mean, he, Casey he was known for his voice. That's yep, that was his thing. He was a radio host. He did he voice was Casey work. Kasem. Join us for American Top Forty. Uh, yeah, he was. It was such like kids today have no idea who this guy is, but like he was such an iconic voice. Like even just his speaking voice. Mm-hmm. You could like you heard him on the radio, even if you didn't hear his name. Like, oh, Casey Kasem's on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, well, I mean, heck, you know, he cameoed as himself doing a radio uh, broadcast in Ghostbusters. To just, I mean, that shows you that how easily recognized they knew that they could put him in, and everybody watching the movie would know who he was. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, what what other eighties uh, anime you got? Um, I, I actually closed that that list because the, right, li- the list, yeah, on. the list I um, found like it was showing some stuff that I knew for a fact wasn't in the eighties. So I'm like, eh, I probably won't read too much more off of this. All right, so um, we've also got if we stick to like cartoons, we've got He Man, yep. the Master of the Universe, a classic, uh, with, uh, Alan Oppenheimer, He Man, yeah, you bumbling boobs. Right, uh, I'm not gonna mention this one. Um, we'll move on from that. Uh, let's see. Now I got. Uh, now I got to know what it was. The Cosby Show. Oh, okay. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> uh, Remington Steele. That's one of those names that I know nothing about that sh- that show, but just the name of it tells me everything I need to know about the lead character. Uh, the lead character was Pierce Brosnan. See, I, I knew that. I knew that much at least, but beyond that, I have no idea what Remington Steele is. Uh, Thundercats, which again we talked about earlier. Oh yeah, the original show was really campy. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like most shows back then, like it was campy. Yep. I really, really liked the new like American animeized version yeah, that not, they released not Thundercats several years ago on Cartoon Network. Huh? Not Thundercats Roar. We want to. We want to. No, not Thundercats Roar. <laughs> Specifically uh, state no, the, that. Yes, the the like American anime version yep. of Thundercats that they did on Cartoon Network several years ago. Re- a really so good, good retelling. Great writing, great animation. Well, I mean, they, they actually, like they actually give you a lot more of the backstory of everything too, which I yeah, mean, like they had a story. Yeah. Uh, so which didn't involve a samouflage. <laughs> what the <laughs> <a> samouflage? <laughs> Again, we're gonna bring up. Go watch Blundercats on on YouTube. Blundercats. It's it's actual outtakes. Really great. Classic internet meme. Right. Um, you know, Garfield and Friends. That was the 80s? 1988. Uh, okay, that's, that's another one of those late 80s. See, I, I remember watching that when I was old enough to be in school. So it would have been, my camera is going goopy here. <laughs> that would have been out of the 80s, but I remember watching that. Well, the camera, you said 89? Um, 88. 88? Yeah, okay, it was, it was, if it wasn't new episodes, it was at least, like, Reruns of that, that would yeah. Make, I'm that not sure sense. how long it ran for, but yeah. Um, Teenage, Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. Uh, premiered in 1987. Um, uh, you that, know, that ate Paul's up a lot movie. of my childhood. 
Oh god, I had like every toy that you could imagine from Ninja Turtles. Do you do you when... remember um the turtles that have it looked like samurai armor but it looked like super high tech? You remember that toy? Yes. They're re-releasing those. If we're going to go back right. to the, yeah. Um well I I saw and I I don't know if it's an official product. I don't know if it's like a third-party company, but they're effectively Ninja Turtles meet Gundam. And I, I don't just mean, like, Gundam using it as a generic mech term. I mean, Michelangelo's looks like heavy arms from Gundam Wing. Nice. And I want to know where I can buy them, because they would look great on my Gundam shelf over there. <laughs> Which I finally put together, by the way. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I, I, I kind of dovetailed into something else, but it, it just reminded me, like, the, the 80s cartoon theme songs. Oh, iconic. Iconic. DuckTales. Yep. Life is like a hurricane. Yep. Disney, don't sue. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Inspector Gadget. Do, 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 my, my kids do, do. obviously are way too young to have seen it originally. They know the Inspector Gadget song. I don't know how. <laughs> but my daughter was randomly singing it like two weeks ago. I don't. All right. Well, which, I mean, which, which, I mean we, uh, uh, a thing about Inspector Gadget, kind of a quick uh, aside here. I was watching a uh, a video on YouTube the other day where it was like uh, cartoon crossovers you never expected, and I, I'm pretty sure this was in the '90s, but the uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yep. Well, actually, no, that premiered in the '80s. Did, okay, good. Then we're still on topic. Um, yep. They had their their live segments uh, of Mario and Luigi like in their in their shop and whatnot, and there was an episode where Inspector Gadget actually came to them because he heard they can fix anything, and it was all live action, and they actually had the inspector show up to get fixed with the Mario Brothers, and, like, the whole thing, like, it was it was super weird, but uh, they were both produced by Deke Entertainment. I'm sure you remember them being a kid of the 80s. Deke. Yep. Uh, they, they produced a lot of stuff back then. But, um, yeah, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yeah, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show was, I mean, Lou Ferrigno, or not, I'm sorry, not Lou Ferrigno, Lou Albano, <laughs> different <laughs> Lou. Luperigno as Mario, <laughs> super right. jacked Mario. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lou, sorry, Lou Albano, Captain Lou Albano, Captain Lou Albano, Captain like, Lou Albano, who was a, a, a famous wrestler yep. then turned Mario. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's th- there is if you can find it. There is allegedly an episode where something slipped past the censors, and it's one of those things of if you're listening for it, you can hear it. But I don't know if it's actually what said it, where Mario and Luigi are talking about something, and Mario looks at him and says, well, hey, F you, Luigi. And, like, if you listen to it, it sounds like he's saying that. It's from an episode that aired and is on the DVDs and whatnot. But I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know if it would have gotten past it, because the audio is really muffled at that point. But, yeah, anyway. A fun well, thing, I mean, you, you he... might hear Mario actually swear at Luigi. Right. I'm going to break in your face. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, what's funny though is that like, Lou Albano had like all of his wrestling friends on there too. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter was on. I I remember that one. Yeah, because he had the he had the uh, like special like steam cabinet. Yep. You know, he talks about top. You know, he double parked his tank on top of a Chevy. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I like, mean, like even if, if we're gonna talk that, I mean, the eighties was also such an iconic time for wrestling. I mean, you had a lot of... I mean, and yes, some of them were, were active in the 70s as well, but, like, 
I remember as a kid, you know, watching Hulk Hogan, watching Macho Man, watching, you know, Jake the Snake, you know, all those guys uh, that were just, I mean, so iconic. I mean, a lot of them, sadly, aren't with us anymore. But, like, I remember growing up watching those wrestlers. And then, you know, in the in the 90s then, you know, I, I kind of got back into it again. But, like, there were so many iconic wrestlers from the 80s, too, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, I think you said, you know, Macho Man and, uh, you know, pretty much everybody in, like, Hulk Hogan's circle. Yeah, you know, I mean, they were right. all. Right, and then you had. Um, I mean, Undertaker, oh, heck, Undertaker. He's still around. Well, uh, I was actually watching, uh, I don't even remember what channel it was on. I was, I was over at my mom's picking something up, and she had, uh, it was just randomly on the TV where, Effectively, they have the these people that curate the the WWE museum. They go to wrestlers and say, "Hey, you know, can we take a look at some of like your old ring gear, any old memorabilia you have, and put it in the like the the museum, the Hall of Fame, whatever, wherever they're going to put it." And uh, it was actually Undertaker, and like the dude is still just jacked as all crap. I mean, I mean, and he's a big guy to begin with, but like not. Like, I mean, even, I mean, let's call it how it is. Everybody knows wrestling is scripted. But, that being said, the wrestlers do get hurt frequently. But their entire job is to know how to take a hit without getting hurt as much. But, um... that dude that, like, wore the Hannibal Lecter mask, and I can't remember his stage name. Um, uh, like... uh, Mick, Mick Foley, who was uh, Man- yeah. Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack himself, uh... Zer. I think I think that I mean he was like the, missing half of his teeth because he was yeah. constantly getting like I think he had to stop because if they were like you get one more concussion and you're gonna die yeah well I mean he, he's still he's still active in that community but uh, he's not active in the ring as much like he'll he'll take the occasional bump but that's about it but um, anyway going back to the Undertaker thing they found uh, in a storage unit he had a bunch of his old like early career ring gear. And it was so cool because, like, they would show clips of, like, the first time he wore it. And I'm like, man, I, I remember seeing that as a kid, you know? Wrestling yeah, I mean, wrestling's a cool thing. Yeah, I don't have much to contribute to that conversation. I've never been, like, big into wrestling. Like, I know yeah. some of the big names and yeah. whatnot, you know, like the Iron Sheik and mm-hmm. and those kind of things. That's even might be one of the more obscure ones that folks don't even well, know I mean, about. But... But back in the day, I mean, like, I hate to say it, but, like, during during the 80s, it was very much – if the character was a heel, they were a non-white guy. That's kind of how they did it in wrestling in the 80s. You know? yeah. I mean, I, well, let me rephrase it. Not all heels were non-white males. But if you were a non-white male, typically you were a heel. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, here, I got, another, I got another show for you. Yeah, what do we got? Well, excuse me, princess. Oh, the, the Zelda show, yep. So, and, and, and to, uh, you know, kind of curtailing off of that, uh, Captain N and the Game Masters, which I loved that series. And I like, I like, oh, this Mega Man guy, he's funny, blah, blah, blah. And then I actually played the Mega Man games and went, oh, they, they did him dirty. <laughs> they did him dirty in that show. Yeah, well, I mean, remember, Mega Man had his own TV show. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I don't know if I can call it awful. Like, it was... It was the show, like it was, it was the mega. It was like a Mega Man show. Yeah. Like. Well, I mean, was... they did uh, at one point. They did a a crossover event with Mega Man X. Yeah. Because they, they were promoting the the you know that game series and whatnot, 
And it was just such a a weird mixture to see because they were playing X off as very much the you know the post apocalyptic future bad, you know hard bad, bad boy, and then you had regular Mega Man who was Mega Man. Um. <laughs> Mega Man in that show, like basically a dork. I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Well, they they came out a couple years ago with a new Mega Man series. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. I'm assuming nobody really heard about it because it never went anywhere, which was sad because I'm like, oh cool. Uh, I mean, a Mega Man, another one of the properties of the 80s. Uh, I remember when the uh, Mega Man Battle Network series came out, out of the 80s, oh. obviously. I, I remember when that series came out because you were, you were, are, is, still am in love with it. it one, of, one of, if not my favorite, Mega Man series. But they came out with an anime for that, which, like, I imported from Japan. I was so super happy about it. And then, like... It didn't never went anywhere, which is sad. I mean, I have a lot of the to- toys from that as well that I imported from Japan, but I, d- I do have some of the the original Mega Man cartoon toys as well. A, a couple, like I know I have, I have Mega Man, um, I have Mega Man, Cut Man, and Guts Man. I think. Well, ironically, you you mentioned that, and I I bought like one of those um, like random grab bag things at uh, Think Geek or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. mystery, you know, like mystery bag. Like it could be a random, you know, there's a random, you know, theme toy in it, and I have a Cut Man sitting up on my shelf. It could, it could be a boat. It could be a boat. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Mega Man series, yeah. mostly the X series. Zero is actually my favorite character. I, I was going to um, say, yeah, you were always more of a fan of the X series. Yeah, and I've got a I've got a zero sitting up on my shelf next oh, yeah. to Cut Man. Uh, I, I actually have a zero figure sitting upstairs that my daughter accidentally broke his hand off, so I, I have to I have to super glue that because I'm like, well, she, for whatever reason, she really likes playing with that zero figure, so I'm gonna reglue his hand on here probably tomorrow. It's uh, it, is that like X zero or is that like the Z series like X zero? Oh, okay. No, I, I just wasn't sure. Well, I mean, the, the ZX series was, it was, it was, it was all right. I didn't, I didn't get super into that one the way I did the other, the classic Mega Man series. The ZX was right. all right. But anyway, anyway, I watched a, I watched a thing on YouTube, and we're getting way off topic. Yeah, we are. A while ago, <laughs> um, it was like the complete history of like just the Mega Man X, like after Mega Man X and beyond. It, yeah. it was like forty minutes long. Yeah. There's so much more, including so much like more. including like battle, like the Battle Net, and then like the ZX series, and like because that is actually canonically like they're connected. They're not just like right. separate things. Like even the um, even the uh, Mega Man Legends. Yep, which is an, an alternate reality, depending on who you ask. Uh, according to according to the thing that I watched, which again may not be like gospel it was like actually like a thousand years after the x series ended on another planet you know i I, survivor it was like the survivors went to another planet or something i vaguely remember hearing something about that i don't know i'm gonna have to look into it later anyway anyway yeah yeah. to the 80s um you know right one thing we didn't act we haven't covered yet is uh comic books yeah well i mean we haven't Sadly, we haven't really talked about comic books much on the show thus far. Right. Well, I think, and I think, you know, for future show that would be fantastic. There we go. I think we have a, a couple of different, um, you know, uh, <laughs> different loves. I'm more of a Marvel guy. You're a, a DC guy. I, I um, am actually. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at like, 
you know, you look at like some of the the comic books back then. You know, there's uh, obviously Spider Man. Uh, you know, I mean, they were, they were like big name comic books from back in, back then. They had a lot of really awesome, really cool arcs, like Secret oh, Wars. Yes. Um, uh, the Killing Joke is actually oh, was actually yeah the '80s, which is one of Alan Moore, so like obviously he's no <laughs> he's no stranger to controversy and, yeah. and um you know like you know being visceral uh, you know uh I believe he did V for Vendetta right yeah um, yep uh Watchmen mm-hmm. um, oh, Watchmen I mean that was one that when when that came out if I remember correctly when that came out it was I think DC published it but those characters at the time were not canon to the larger DC universe. I mean, now that they've rolled it in, that Watchmen and the mainline DC universe are all part of the same thing now. I mean, they, they did a, a thing last year or the year before uh, where Dr. Manhattan was, like, the main bad guy for the DC universe. He was the one that they, if I remember right, he was the one that orchestrated the whole New 52 reboot. Which I mean, I mean that just kind of shows how powerful of a character he is. Where he went, I don't like this reality. It's different, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean the you know there there's other like non-mainstream ones hmm. like you know Ronin, um, oh, yep. the Rocketeer. See, uh, well, I I, 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 I keep one? I keep yeah I know Rocketeer. I keep I for some reason in my mind I keep thinking Rocketeer was something from the fifties, but I think it's just the aesthetic they went with is very like. 50s oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, absolutely. You know, uh, the, you know re- uh, apparently there was a Revenge of the Living Dead comic book. Um, I, I could, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you you could also count like some of the you know, more mainstream things, like obviously like Garfield. Um, you know, that I think technically counts. He hates Mondays. I mean, he's good in my book. Right. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of, like, really cool comic books that came out in that era that, like, we don't, you know, we don't think about, but right. it was, I think it was another good turning point for, for comics, like, you And then really the 90s started, hit. Right, and then the 90s hit, and I think the comic bubble kind of, well, I shouldn't say that, because they started off pretty strong with, you know, shows like Spider-Man and... X-Men, um, they even had Iron Man TV show, yeah. they had a Hulk TV, you know, cartoon. Fantastic Four. Yeah, Fantastic I mean, Four. Ma- mainly, I mean, apart from, like, you know, Batman and Superman from DC, it was it was dominated by Marvel for the most part as far as their TV shows went. Yeah. Um, then, of course, there was Batman the Animated Series, which yep. was a crowning achievement, which also oh, led yes. into things like, you know, the Superman, mm-hmm. led into the, you know... Arguably, Batman the Animated Series had that flop. We wouldn't have gotten really anything that we had now as far as the DC Universe yeah. goes because that, that tied into Superman. It tied into then Justice League. and Justice League and Unlimited, of, you know. Right, and, and Titans, all of those, yeah. you know, yep. all of those as well. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, the, the there's so many different um, – uh, comic books out there, like uh, you know, I think that was when we first saw um, uh, the uh, black spy, uh, the black suit Spider-Man. Oh yeah, uh, the, the beginning the, of the, the symbiote saga. Uh, yeah, the the Venom suit uh, spy or symbiote suit Spider-Man, yep. I should say. Um, 
Jeez, uh, I forgot about this one. How could I forget about this one? Uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Oh my God. So, uh, so I, I finally recently sat down and watched the uh, the animated feature out of that. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I I read you know yeah I read Dark Knight Returns originally. Um, but seeing that animated, man, that that took that took me back. I mean, they did such a good job with that. Yeah. No, they they yeah they really did. Um. Oh, a death in the family. Another iconic one, absolutely. Batman, a death in the family, where they people voted to kill a kid. <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. How terrible <laughs> of a character are you that people actually want you to die? <laughs> How terrible, terrible of a kid are you that people voted for you to die? Jason Todd, what did you do wrong? Uh, everything, <laughs> Apparently everything, everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I recently watched uh, the animated version of that as well. Um, I mean, arguably, though, I mean, because of that, we got one of, one of the greatest, you know, Batman antiheroes in Red Hood. I mean, so he, Jason Todd, in my opinion, has done so much more as a character as Red Hood than he ever did as Robin. Yeah, no, I, I would completely, uh, I would completely agree with that. Um, he was, he was one of those characters that obviously, you know, was not like a, not well loved. Um, <laughs> I mean, they they but, voted to kill him, so. Yes, <laughs> in a very visceral and brutal way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he gets beaten with a crowbar and then blown up. Yep, and then driven crazy by a Lazarus pit after being resurrected from death. Correct. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting time for comics, definitely. Yep, uh, the 80s also saw the premiere of Rocket Raccoon. Oh, yeah, I guess he was an 80s property. Uh, I mean, he's arguably one, one, of the hot, one of the hottest properties around now. I mean, yeah, I mean, between him and Groot, you know. And, right. I am Groot. We are Groot. Tear. <laughs> Marvel, why you gotta do me dirty like that? Uh, they have such good storytelling in their films. Uh, yeah, they do. I'm really looking forward to uh, Every the start th- of... Well, I'm really looking forward to the start of Phase 4. Yeah, um, yeah. So. We'll we'll see where where things go from there. Uh, I mean, even even Transformers had comic books back then. Yeah, the, like well, I mean, Marvel. The, they had Marvel, Marvel did uh, did tie in comics. With yeah. Them. Well, I mean, and they had a, a funny aside on that. In the UK, there were also Transformers comics that followed a complete. They they weren't like reprinted from the US ones. They were a completely different story, different artists, different writers, everything. So like, if you look at them side by side, yeah, there were a lot of the same high notes that they each kind of touched on. But they were completely different stories, completely different histories. I mean, it was it was a really weird time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's also uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman uh, was came out in the '80s. Um, wow, I didn't think that was that far back. Man. Yeah. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh man, that that is such an iconic, iconic thing from DC. Yeah. No. It, man, love Crisis. <laughs> So amazing. Uh, like I said, Watchmen. I'm just kind of like scrolling through a list of things here, but, <laughs> um, you know, there's there's just so many. Uh, even the Ninja Turtles. Well, actually, technically, the Ninja Turtles started as a comic. They, they many did. people don't know this. Yep. Um, a black and white comic, if I remember correctly. Correct. Yep. Don't show your children. Dude, yeah, the original tur- uh, Ninja Turtles, 
that was not a kid franchise. Like, the cartoon that all of us know and love is right. not the same thing as the comics. Like, if you go back and read the comics, it is it is dark. Yeah, like... You know, Shredder, uh, Splinter is like the, ha- you know, the the nice, cheeky mentor or whatnot. Comics? No. He yeah. is 100% training the tr- just for revenge. Yeah. He has no real fatherly attachment to it. Like, they are brutal killing machines. Yeah, they and are. murder the crap out of the Shredder. Yeah, like, I mean, we're talking like Mortal Kombat style ninjas, not what we saw on TV. <laughs> yeah. It was, man. I'm going to go back and yeah. read some of the old Turtles stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It's good, it's good not, stuff. It is very good stuff. It is very good stuff. It's just not something that you want to show your kids. And it really makes me wonder, like, how the hell did you guys adapt this into what it right. is? Well, I mean, a f- fun fact, this is actually true of a lot of things in the 80s. The only reason in the cartoon the Turtles have different colored headbands is so that it was easier to tell the toys apart for kids. In the original yeah. comics, they were all, I believe, red. All their fa- uh, face masks were all red. When they made the cartoons, they made them each a different color. Same thing with, um, well, a lot of stuff, but the one that comes to mind specifically is real Ghostbusters. The cartoon for that, in the movies, they all wore khaki jumpsuits. In the cartoon, that's why they, uh, well, they explained in-universe why they have different outfits, but the reason that they designed them that way was to be able to easier tell the toys apart. But uh, right. in the uh, in the cartoon, they explain that after their fight with Gozer, their old jumpsuits absorb too much, uh, I gotta remember, it's too much uh, PKE energy, or something, too much negative energy, and they had to be disposed of. So Egon got them all new jumpsuits, which just happened to all be different colors. Uh, in my mind, I think Egon was OCD enough that he wouldn't have gotten mismatched outfits. They would have all been the same. But luckily because of that, we got uh, some of the uh, great characters in the form of the uh, the ghost Ghostbusters or the People Busters or what, however you want to call them. So, I mean, right. And those are characters that have made recurring appearances in a lot of different Ghostbusters extended media. Uh, not in the live actions. I, I would love to see the People Busters and live action, but anyway, that, that's just me as a fan. <laughs> right. Well, there, there is one other thing that, I, you know, we're talking about, like, the, you know, some of those the, kind of dovetailing into the old, uh, like, 80s cartoon tropes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the, you know, uh, the use of, like, laser weapons. Because <laughs> yeah. you everybody had lasers back yeah. then because you weren't, it was part of, like, the, you know, the, like, the censorship board. You couldn't have... You couldn't show guns. Yeah. Like, you couldn't well, show, like, like ballistic weapons. Like well, ballistic and kind guns. of uh, even piggybacking off of that, it was not only the sensors. Most most toys, that's still true today, are made overseas in, you know, China, Japan, you know, usually in those areas. There's actually, and I think it still stands today, that realistic weaponry, there's still a higher import tax on that than there is a laser gun, which is why, like, Nerf guns have a somewhat, depending on the Nerf gun, you can tell it's a gun, but you can also tell clearly it's not a realistic gun. There's not as much of an import tax on that versus if you had a replica of an AK-47 toy. There would be a much higher import on that versus a Nerf gun of similar quality. And that was, right. even, that was even true back in the 80s. So it was partially for the sensors, partially to save money. Which, fun fact right. about toys, because I know we talked about the X-Men earlier. There was, I don't remember all the specific details, but um, dolls and humans 
as far as toys go, are taxed at a oh. higher rate. You know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Marvel yeah. actually took this case to court, arguing that the X-Men, they, they specifically use their X-Men line of toys as an example, are not humans. They are, in fact, mutants, and explained why that's different and won that court case. And I believe that still stands to this day that any mutant characters or any of any of the non-humans, like the, the inhumans, um, any other, like, Marvel alien species, anything like that. So, like, Thor is an example. While he looks human, he's technically an alien or a god, depending on what storyline you're following. But those actually are cheaper for Marvel to produce overseas and import than it would be to import, say, an Iron Man figure. Because he's a normal human. I mean, if you – depends on how you want to split the hairs, right? Like, if you're if you're importing – if he's in the Iron Man suit, you could say, well, it's not actually a human. It's just a suit of armor. Right. It's, I, I think – and I, I'd have to look up the legality of it. I think if – like, if they imported just the suit, they could get around that because it's a replica of a, uh, you know, a robot or some kind of mechanical device. It's a replica of a tool, if you will. But if they imported, like, a Robert Downey Jr. figure, oh, that's a human. But if it's in the suit, I, I don't know. I think if it's if he's visible in the suit, it would probably fall under he's a human. If you just I guess see how the does ro- RoboCop fit into there then? Again, you know me being you know the the tenured lawyer that I am, uh, my opinion would be he's a cyborg. He's not a human. That's fair. Yep. I would I would concur with that ruling. <laughs> Sustained. There we go. This has been legal hour. Uh. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, and that's that also kind of ties into, like, one of the really – like, if you go back and watch the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shows, like, one of the one of the tro- heavy tropes of that series is why all the foot soldiers are robots. Yep. Is because you can actually, like, attack and destroy them. Yeah. And also why any non-robots, they defeat them generally by throwing trash cans at them. Right. Because – and it, it, actually became such a, it actually became such a running gag – that in some of the newer Ninja Turtles, they, they've done, like, universe crossovers. Yep. And they brought the original Ninja Turtles over to, like, the new universe, and they start throwing trash cans at people. And the <laughs> other Turtles are just looking at them like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, go and fight them. We're beating up the bad guys. Well, um, oh, goodness. Well, there, there was a, sh- a show from the 80s, a cartoon. I don't remember what it was, but the network that it was on had such strict censorship laws. That the character, I'm trying to remember what it was, but like their, their iconic signature weapon, you never actually see them use, use it in an offensive way. They only ever use it in a defensive way or punch things, which they, that's going to bug me Can now. You describe the show? I don't for the life of me remember what show it was, but I mean, it was, it was an action show and the character was known for having this really awesome weapon of some kind. I don't remember what it was, but, uh. I, I know that, like, uh, Wolverine from the X-Men is an example. You never see him use those claws. Uh, he never actually connects with anything that's human in appearance. The Sentinels, he buries his claws into those things. Any other mutants, he either has his claws in and just punches them or just whiffs, around, whiffs in the air in front of them. You never see him. I think there's only, like, a few instances where you do. I think he but slashes the, clothing. I think but... so. It, it doesn't show any kind of wound. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, like, cartoon censorship is a really funny thing because, like, as adults, we can tell what's supposed to be there or what's implied. But right. kids, they're just like, oh, cool, Wolverine's attacking things with his claws. 
they don't, you know, they don't see the minutia of that. And as a kid, I don't think I did either. It wasn't until I got older and fell into a YouTube rabbit hole where I started noticing these things. Yeah, and then, you know, it kind of applies even to some stuff from the 90s and today. Like, yeah. uh, as it, the example that stands out in my mind is uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which is the third Aladdin movie, Yep. Uh, which was a directed dvd release. Um, there's a scene in it where he fights a guy, and he's got these, like, metal tiger claws. Yep, yep. And he, he slashes Aladdin in the side. Mm-hmm. And, like, it shows in the movie, like, he, he takes the hit. Like, he shows pain, and, like, they have, like, a kind of a, you know, a quick scene where he, like, you know, or something like that. Right. Um, in the original trailer media, they show a blood patch on his side. Oh. In the release. It's not there. It's just a torn, yeah, it's just a torn piece of clothing. Yeah. So it was originally animated and trailered with this blood patch, and then huh. Disney went, yeah, we can't do that. No. Well, I mean, yeah. and, 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 you and that's know. also why you see a lot of Disney villains that like die off screen and stuff like that. Right. You know, or they'll fall into a fire them. and you see them fade, you know, as they fall into it, but you never actually see them, you know, burning alive. Right. Or, you know, the, the even with as old as Snow White, where, you know, the evil witch falls off a cliff and then has a boulder fall on her. Like, it's yeah. pretty obvious yeah. that she's dead, but she's they dead. Don't show her. I mean, there's a, there are a few occasions where they show it like um sleeping beauty where you know maleficent in her dragon form yep in her dragon form takes the sword to the chest yep but she's not humanoid yep um even uh the 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 black cauldron which is is a freaking scary ass yeah it is yeah it is one that they don't talk about yeah no the 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 death of the uh the horned king like he gets sucked into the cauldron and right. turned into a skeleton. Right. Not kid-friendly. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, you know, getting back on topic, I mean, the 80s were, if you guys can't tell, were a really big part of Ian and I's lives. I mean, that's when we grew up. That's where a lot of the things that we're fans of today come from. And it, it is nice to see a lot of these things getting, you know, reinvigorated, rebooted, re-released. Um... Just to kind of, kind of fashion. Yeah, we you got the '80s can keep its fashion. We'll take everything else. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah. So, like Tim said, it, the '80s holds a special place in our heart because it's really the start of the start of our. It's obviously the start of our lives, but it's right. also the start of like our. I'm not going to say indoctrination. Indoctrination. Uh, <laughs> our. Um, adventure into becoming the people that we are today. Oh, very much so. The you know, especially with the proliferation of cartoons and toys and yep. comics. Yep. And you know, all of the the great nerd culture stuff from the 80s. You yep. know, obviously it holds a very special place in Tim's heart because that's mm-hmm. where, you know, Ghostbusters came yeah. from. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh one of my my brothers who's been featured on here several times, his favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future. Yep. Uh, movies. Um Back to the Future, 80s. And uh, we've got great uh, nerd culture from, from the 80s. Uh, the Star you know, Star Wars movies, uh, the uh, Star Trek well, The Next Generation. Some of the Star Wars movies, anyway. Right, some of the Star Wars <laughs> movies. Um, the Star Trek The Next Generation. It all started in it really in the 80s and yep. kind of led – it was the new wave of, of nerddom after being kind of in the shadows for a while. Right. Um, but it – it ushered in this new era. Absolutely. And I don't know that it's 
actually gone away. In point of fact, I think it's just gotten bigger. I I would agree 100% with that one. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, was our, that was our hot take. Oh, I don't even know if you want to call it a hot take. That was our, our thoughts on the 80s. I mean, it's... I'll agree with Ian. I don't think any of that stuff that's getting a resurgence is going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, as Ian mentioned, the 80s are special for me because that's that's when Ghostbusters came out, which anybody that knows me knows that I am a phenomenally huge Ghostbusters uh, nerd. I'm super excited to see the new the new movie. I'm excited to see where they're taking the story on it since it is a, a sequel to Ghostbusters 2. Um, I'm excited for all the toys that are coming out for it. I'm excited to share that movie with my kids. I mean... It's, it's, it's a good time to be a nerd, especially, in my opinion, if you're a fan of the stuff, uh, of anything nerdy from the 80s. I mean, I think it's a good time to be a nerd. In general. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely for, like, an 80s nerd. Oh, yeah. It is, a, it is a, a great time because, like, all of that stuff that you grew up with is, is still kind of around and it's making right. resurgence. Well, I mean, heck, like they're that. making a new He-Man movie. Right. Which, I mean, I mean, even... Do you remember the even, original He-Man movie? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a thing that existed. Um, uh, YouTube that as well, folks. Um, yeah. Buyer beware. Anyway, <laughs> but um, I, I don't know that we can continue to, to stroke the 80s as much as we have. Um, <laughs> well, we probably could. We just need, you know, like a break. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Got to rest and recharge. There we go. Um, anyway, so um, th- there is one thing that the 80s didn't give us though. Oh. Yep. UA bowl. <laughs> you know, I'm sure if we dig somewhere in there deep enough, if we dig deep enough down the UA bowl rabbit hole, we will find some like what was that? Uh, um, ten shades of Kevin Bacon, where it's like, or ten degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's there's like a ten degrees of UA bowl. I know it. We we will make this happen. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um. Thank God and, the '80s didn't give us him though. Yes, and his first movie was 1992, so he can't even claim the end. There we go. But we did mention him on the show, so... (laughs) Ding! Checkmark. The Uh, 80s gods have smiled upon us this day. Yes. All right, folks. (laughs) Uh, I think that'll probably do it for us for now. Uh, We have regaled you, uh, gushed over the 80s, and uh, just kind of shown, uh, pulled open the petticoat of nerddom uh, that was the 80s. And bared our souls to you. <laughs> uh, well, that got weird. That got anyway. really weird. <laughs> uh, so we'll, uh, I think, go ahead and sign off for now, and I will same shtick that I started with. Uh, again, catch us out on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Non Sequitur Nerd, uh, Facebook, uh, website, www.nonsequiturnerds.com, and uh, to give us a listen on uh, all of your favorite podcast platforms. Yes, please, please do. Yep. So, uh, for uh, non-sequitur nerds, I think we'll go ahead and sign off. Um, I'm Ian. And I'm Tim. Have a good night, everybody.